You do it right by staying on top of knowing when it's time to stain your deck and your fence. Lowe's is here to help you do it right with the supplies you need and the know-how to get it done. Plus, we even help you save because now when you buy one gallon of select Valspar exterior stain and sealant, you'll get a second one 50% off via mail-in rebate. Whatever you need to make your outdoors even greater, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 731. Exclusions apply. See store for details. U.S. only. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Now, we return to a man who is always outraged. That's an outrage. Here is Tony Bruno. I'm not always outraged, but I am tonight. <laughs> Hello there, welcome. It is uh, the Tony Bruno Show Live Mess, coming to you live from historic South Philadelphia, where we made South Philadelphia great again by moving back home. Not even with my mom. I was going to move in with my mom, but I moved in alone with Robin. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. No, I wouldn't be alone if I moved in with Robin. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tony Bruno here. Miss Robin is here. Luigi Curdo's here. And we haven't seen him in a while. The great Brian Martell is in the house. Our technical whiz. Nobody beats the whiz. And nobody beats Brian Martell. You all right, Brian? No. Except we couldn't hear him. We turn his mic off. Oh, you have a mic switch button on Ah. that thing? It's the one. It's the few that have the switch on the outside. I turned. I turned it off because there wasn't going to be going to be anyone at that microphone. I wasn't looking to my right. Yes, because Joe, last minute, he was on his way and found out that his daughter had a little accident. She's fine, but obviously he she has wasn't. She wasn't riding that dumb uh, hoverboard thing that is by next year will be completely gone, right? No, she thought she was Daryl Dawkins and ripped down a net. Oh, be and, had a, and, had, and, had a, and had a rim fall on her, but she's okay. Was it a real rim or was it one of those like kid? No, nah, it was rims? one of those driveway basketball court kind of things. They can still hurt though. They're of mad. Of course, aren't yeah. They? I mean, well, she's all right though. Joe says she's okay. All right. Now she he got her a hoverboard. Did he? Yeah. Last was it year. one of the ones that was recalled though? Well, they'll all be recalled in a year because they'll be they'll be declared illegal because many of them are catching fire. Pokemon Go will still be going on by the time the uh, hoverboard craze is over. I think it's pretty much over, like in the NBA community. They're the guys who started it. Remember NBA players. That's the first time I ever saw a hoverboard was an NBA guy in a locker room somewhere. I don't remember who the first guy was. I don't either. But somebody got one, and then that's when it took off. Because people see things. They see athletes wear it. Right. They see whatever it is. The Beats. Remember when the Beats? The Beats headphones, right. The Beats headphones, which was why Dr. Dre was a genius. He got ballers. He got big-time athletes to wear them. And everybody says, I got to have them. So what if they're 300 bucks and I can't afford them? I still have to have them. I got to look good when I walk in the stadium, you know? That's the way it works, man. Well, no, well, I'm, but the average person isn't walking into a stadium. No, they're walking out of a stadium. Broke. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way it is, man. I'm trying to remember who it was, though. Wasn't it like LeBron James or something? Didn't he fall down? Was that him that fell no. down on the on the hoverboard? No, I don't think LeBron James did. I want to say that there was somebody who got it for Christmas, and there was a videotape of them falling down. I don't remember. That was a Michael Douglas movie, of course, shot on the Venice Pier, if you well remember. Remember that movie, Falling Down? Oh, yeah. yeah, Michael Douglas was great. How much for the the batteries? Nine bucks. Too much. (laughs) That's the Venice Beach Pier right near where we used to live in L.A. 
down there, Venice, where and they I, shot you that know, scene. Shockingly, though, I think that there are certain characteristics of that character in that movie that Tony has. Really? Oh, yeah. I think we all have that, Robin. I never fell under the Venice Beach. No. about when he's driving. And he's the just road sitting. rage yes. portion of it is We definitely. all have that, though. No, I don't. I seriously, I don't have road rage. I, I don't have road rage. Yes, I just am intolerant of, of people who are ignorant. That's all. That's no. the way I look But I don't, I don't get out of the car and try to confront no, somebody like and want to fight them. No, but everything while you're driving, little things that absolutely don't bother me whatsoever, like, for example, traffic, just normal, no, traffic, everyday. traffic doesn't. Unless oh. I'm running, unless you're, you've not allowed me to run late because I said, <laughs> Robin, let's leave at such and such right. a time because so, I'm, I'm about being on time. And I never used to be that way. I was the worst at being late when I was younger. I was always late. And then as I got older and more responsible, then I realized... Being late is bad, but there are people who are chronically late and they don't care about time. And I think Robin gets it from her mom. I'm not going to call out her mom, but her mom has inbred into Robin the no. It doesn't matter what time it is. No, that time. no your mom's the worst. So, actually, well, yeah, my mother's absolutely. My ex-wife horrible. was pretty bad too. She doesn't care about time either. I absolutely care about time, and I am oftentimes waiting for you, Mr. Bruno. So do not be blaming this on because me. I allow you an hour and a half to get ready when we go out, so I can rec- then the 15 minutes that remain, I can take the shower, shave, and do everything I need to do and be ready. You know what I mean, Luigi? You go through that, right? Absolutely. No, you, need, you need longer time for grooming, though. No, you know? not really, but I'm really strict on time, though. I allow, But that's the thing, though. If I have to leave at 7.30, I'll get ready at 6.30. Yes. So I'll give myself See, time for error. That is I don't what have I any do. errors. See, no. this is what happens. There's not much you can do when you I get know ready. how long I'm going to take to get ready. So I start getting ready way Three early. hours before. Whatever it takes. Because if it's <laughs> if we're like going to the red ball, yes, three hours before. But here's the thing, though. I, you know, I don't care how long it takes you to get ready. That's not a problem. I don't care if you need three hours. Yeah, but my but point, when I give you three hours and then you're still not ready. No, I'm And I've like, got 15 minutes to jump no, no, in the no, shower. No, 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 no. I take three hours. I know how long I'm going to be. You wait until I am completely done. we only have one stinking Just, bathroom. No. The good thing I fixed my mom's. I'm going to go over there and take showers <laughs> in the luxurious. That thing is beautiful, man. Oh, man. Ah. No, because I keep telling him, like, if you need to get in the bathroom, just get in the bathroom. I will go put my makeup on elsewhere. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then he waits and waits and waits, and then he's late. But I'm never but late. I'm never late, by the way. There's also something I'm else never late. that you haven't figured into this about as far as arriving on time and getting yourself ready. You can't control what other people are doing on exactly. the road. So if someone says, oh, it takes 15 minutes to get there, nothing takes 15 no. minutes. You have to allow yourself at least an extra 10-minute cushion, a buffer, But, you, you know, will. living in L.A., we actually That's are conditioned lie. to do that. Because everybody always says, oh, it's only 15 minutes. No, it's an hour no. and a half. You know why? It's because people came up with this concept where it's really cool to be late to things and not show up on time. It's, you know, the, the casual, uh, what is it, uh, Socially, sociably later. No, uh, fashionably, fashionably late. late. Fashionably late. No, I don't call it fashionably. But, but if, the, I, if I invite you to something, I say it's seven thirty, and it's seven thirty. You ain't there. You ain't getting in, homie. That's the way it is. I'm sorry. I go out of my way to get there on time. You go out of your way to get there on time. That, that goes back to the road. I don't. I don't have road rage. I get angry when we're running late, and then I know that there's going to be traffic, or I think there's going to be traffic, and I'm worried about getting on time. That's the only time traffic concerns me. For the most part, there's nothing you can do. That's why I don't work nine to five. I can never do it. At, I, I don't remember ever doing it. What is that noise we keep hearing? Well, when you comment on something or whenever you do something on Facebook, it goes through the computer, Robin. Okay. Oh, can we mute Facebook? You can mute Facebook. It is you, muted, Robin. No, if you go, it's not. You need to go down to the little uh, sound volume mixer and just click mute on Facebook. Well, I want to give the Luigi and Robin a lot of love here as we start the broadcast festivities. Don't be so quick, man. No, we, seriously. No, <laughs> these guys, you talk about getting ready early. You know, I'm, I'm over at my mom's. My back went out today. I don't know what the hell happened. I could barely move. And I come back, and, Louis, and Robin's up early, early, like at the crack of 11 today, getting everything ready. <laughs> well, I had well, she, no- she was up early, but she takes her an hour and a half to get out of bed. So she wakes up at 9. She doesn't get out of bed till 1030 because she's on her phone the second her eyes wake up. I'm down washing my face. I'm getting coffee. But she needs an hour and a half to ease into the day, which is why I, I keep telling her that we could never do, or she could never do, a morning radio show. Because when you do morning radio, you better get your ass up instantly, be awake, get the coffee, get going. I can do that. But not every day, Robin. Yeah, I could do that every day. Okay. Well, I haven't seen I evidence of that. It's because I don't have to. Well, that's true. I don't have to either, but I'm up early. I don't have to be up at 8 o'clock every day. But because I get up and I get out I of bed. I don't sit in bed and go on the phone and 
and look at videos and all that other stuff. But everybody's different. But the point is, I get angry as a driver because it's bad enough that you have to make sure you're doing all the right things when you drive. To me, luckily, that's why I haven't had an accident in decades. I haven't had an accident in decades. Really? Yeah, I don't even remember one the last that you, One that you've caused or one that One that I've even been, been involved fault. in. Okay. okay? The reason why I'm lucky, first of all, but secondly is because I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm not only aware of what I'm doing when I'm driving, I have to be aware of what everyone else around me is doing. That's my biggest concern, is people who are driving in front of me and next to me who don't know what they're doing. When you drive, you walk, you're on a road. You see that person in the next lane over, right? And they're starting to swerve because they're on their phone. Oh, I've seen... You know it. I've, 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 I've prevented dozens, on top of dozens yeah. of accidents, of just honking my horn because the people in front of me aren't paying attention. You see them starting to swerve into another car. Exactly. They're ready to go off the road. It's like, yo, Holmes, pay attention, man. We're like, That's actually made me a better driver because now I don't just get out there and drive... <laughs> What happened to the NBA? Someone's ready for basketball, but it's not Yeehaw. me, man. We'll get into basketball. We will get into basketball. We'll get into DeAndre Jordan and his comments at the Olympics. Have you seen those? Yeah, I agree, <laughs> I agree with him, actually. But anyway, we'll talk about that. But the bottom line is, I think I've become a better driver because not only do I have to be aware of what I'm doing, I have to be aware of what all the douches around me are doing. The guy in the next lane on the phone, the woman in the left lane, staying in the left lane, not realizing you're not supposed to be in the left lane except to pass the people who don't put turn signals on, the people who are doing things that can cause me to get into an accident. So therefore, my awareness, that's why I don't do multitasking, because I want to focus on the task at hand. And when I'm driving, the task at hand is no more, well, make sure you're driving the speed limit, you got your seatbelt on. The task at hand is watch out for the other douchebags on the road, because they have no idea and don't care about how they're driving. They don't care about turn signals. They don't care about speed. They don't care about moving in and out of lanes. They don't care about being on the phone and swerving in and out of lanes without even realizing what they're doing. That's, I believe, that makes me a better driver and keeps me from getting into accidents because I'm not just assuming that guy in front of me knows what the hell they're doing. Right. You used to assume people knew how to drive. Now, even if people know how to drive, you have to assume that they're going to do something stupid in front of you that could get you in trouble. Yeah, that's why you got you to create yourself a nice little space around you so you can... A safe space? It's not a safe space, but... Are you one of those safe space people? Hell no, okay. man. You're one of them soft guys, something happens, you got to go find a safe space? No, Tony. Uh, I'm just kidding. No. I'm busting your chops, I man. know you are, man. What's the matter? Don't get all upset. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, just a little, I'm still a little shaken up from over the weekend with Atlantic City and everything. So. Frantic City? No, Atlantic City, man. Things didn't go so well. It used well. to be frantic back in the day. Now it's pretty much dead. Well, it was, it was definitely an expensive weekend for Mr. Luigi. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was expensive because he didn't win. That nah, adds, well, that's well... <laughs> I've lost $300 in 15 minutes? Exactly. <laughs> it was rough, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I couldn't, I couldn't, the, the dealer, the blackjack dealer, I swear to God, man, he busted the table six straight times. Really? It was the, it was the most incredible thing we've ever saw. Was it a rigged uh, table? <laughs> no, like I don't know, collections? <laughs> I don't know what the hell it was, but he brought, they couldn't have brought a cooler in. Nobody was there with laying any kind of like serious action. We're betting $25, $50 a hand. But when you're doubling down and you're splitting cards and $25, $50 hand turn into... Two hundred hours on the table at one time, and he's sweeping the board every time, six straight times. You you lose. That's why I play pie gal poker. You never lose a pie gal. You never win either. Exactly. I play the games where my money's going to last. I don't want to put down a couple hundred bucks and lose it in five minutes and be angry and then screw up the rest of the weekend. That's why I go to a slot machine, like an old lady, and I let it. And then you start winning. Then you're playing with house money, and it's enjoyment to me. Unless you're with Miss 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 Robin, then she's the jinx. She's the mush. I'm the mush. But here's the thing: when I go to a casino, my goal isn't to win a million dollars because it's not going to happen. Okay, you're not going to win a million dollars at a slot machine, unless you're Sylvester Stallone's mom. You know, you're one of these people that sits down and that luckily puts money in and hits. God bless you. I go there to just enjoy myself, and I don't really have to gamble. I used to be so bad because the casinos weren't everywhere that when I worked at ESPN, we used to drive to. Mohegan Sun, we used to drive to uh, Foxwoods, the two Indian casinos up there in Connecticut. We would, at 1 o'clock in the morning, we'd be done working. We would jump in a car and drive an hour to Foxwoods and then spend all night gambling. And then every time I would go to Tahoe or Vegas or even Atlantic City, I was compelled to gamble because like, you walk in and you hear the slot machines and you hear the gambling. Now I can walk into a casino and not even go near a slot machine. That's how, that's how much I am well, used to. Well, not me. I run up to them, and I hug them, and I kiss them, and I pet well, them. Yeah, but I, 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 love, I love action, man. It is what it is. I like the game. I love it, too. But, I, but I, I'm now, because it used to be so easy, 
It used to be so frequent that I would go into a casino that every time I went in, I felt compelled to gamble. You know what I mean? It was Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson on a hoverboard. Mike Robin Tyson found it. on the... No, actually... Oh, ruin Jake. Ruin, ruin first base coach. Ruin, ruin today. Is that our buddy, Ruin Tomorrow Jr.? I think he keeps changing yes. his Now he's Twitter ruined Hannah. today, and so then he's, he's ruined, ruined first base coach. But it was Mike Tyson who took the spill on the hoverboard, and he's showing us this year. Thank you for the research. See, we have a okay, research man. staff of listeners who listen to the show. They pay attention. Right Look at them. Is this baseball season over yet? Almost. Are they in the playoffs? It's like mid-August. No, not yet, man. What do you mean, not yet? It's not the, the, the season's not over yet, Tony. It's still like three weeks but to no, go. Most little leagues are, and then the, the college World Series, the baseball. Oh no, 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 Tony's not. She's not. They're not playing like professional little league baseball. I don't think. I, I mean, know, but most little leagues shut down like early August. No, nah, they're still going. And then you got the good leagues where they the kids play, and then they move on to the next, and they get into the playoffs. Like when my kids, they'd be in the playoffs every year, and you get into August, and you start thinking about you know the the whatever, whatever the leagues are advanced past little league because little league's twelve year olds and under. But then you got the next level, and those are the kids who get to play for the you know the Legion teams, and then they eventually go to the college, the baseball World Series, the Little League World Series, and that's usually at the end, the Little League World Series. So I was giving what? these guys like, what, do we have a three camera shoot in our Facebook yep. Live tonight? No, two, two camera, two camera shoot. Yes. Wow, they don't even do that in porn anymore. <laughs> wow. How did you set up this two-camera shoot, Robin? Are you spending more money on equipment? No, this was the equipment that we had, and this was the open broadcasting source that um, Brian was trying to show me a long time ago, but I was just overwhelmed with all the other stuff. And finally, the other day, after Facebook Live took off, I mean, we've had over 40,000 views per episode, and that was with really crappy audio. So finally, I was like, okay, well, this looks like it's really, people really like this Facebook Live thing, so maybe I should invest a little bit more time into figuring out how to do it well. And you guys did, and Brian helped, and Ryan... Uh, well, Brian had already set up a lot of it, yep. but I had just never really looked at it. So the other day, I sat down, and I'm like, okay, I need to figure this out. So I went on to YouTube and watched a YouTube tutorial um, and figured it all out, did a test. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. Brian was right. And here we are. And you and Luigi today were working hard, got the test, like by 3 o'clock yeah, this afternoon. I'm still skeptical about but it. But no, but you guys at 3 <laughs> o'clock this afternoon declared this now successful. Yeah. And we were not going to have a train wreck of a show like well, we did last week. three minutes before the show starts, <laughs> right, right away, this camera does not want to project what you want to yeah. show. It's like, so I'm like, I'm like okay, why don't I start the camera early and let people like log on and get uh, and just to have all the mics muted. And I turn it on, and sure enough, a little pop-up window goes... I'm sorry, Facebook Live cannot go live right now. And I'm like, what? What? You, <laughs> you go live when we say you go live. <laughs> right. just, what do you mean it can't go live? It, if I, it worked, but... Mark Zuckerberg's too busy editing content on his, uh, on his Facebook site for people he disagrees with. I thought, that's what, I thought Facebook was supposed to be about people just saying whatever the hell they want other than threatening lives and doing stupid things, which is what most people do on Facebook, which is why I'm rarely on there. I don't need to tell you what I did three years ago. I don't remember what I did three years ago. Why would you care? Although that's the one good thing. Robin, see, you know, when you do something on Facebook, it reminds you, like, four years ago right, today, today right. you were doing this. It's kind of cool. Except sometimes you're like, four years, oh, look Wait, Sometimes a, it's like a bad memory. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, or, or no, you, most people don't take videos of bad memories. No, it's not, no but it could be anything you posted on that day, in that particular day. Yes. It's like, oh, well, shoot, no, that but the other thing, out of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then next day, you know, it's like, what the hell, man? Like, I really want to remember that. Where you post breakups and relationships? No, that's what you do on Facebook. Well, yeah. You go to Twitter to hunt. And you, you bury things on Facebook. That's how it works, man. Is that how it but works? Other, That's how it works, uh, man. That's not, not how it world. works. But the other thing that happens on Facebook That's is like... That's not how it works. That's not how any of this Let works. Let the bit develop, Robin. Exactly. Jesus. Come on, Robin. What are you, just sitting down for the first time when you were setting up great, brilliant sound bites by Luigi? But what I'm saying is, is that a lot of time on Facebook, like you, you look back and you're like, oh my God, we were... We were doing all of that five years ago. And now look where we are. Now I'm at my mother's house seven days a week for four consecutive months trying to get a damn bathroom put together. It is so funny. There was somebody that actually. Yes, there you go. Exactly There's my life. That's what it feels like. Man. I'm not dead yet. But 
the 21 guns are lining up on the sidewalk. There were some uh, people posting on, on East Pass. On the sidewalk. <laughs> East Pass Young neighborhood has a Facebook handle, and they were posting. Um, we're looking for somebody could, that could do, like, bathrooms, uh, construction, remodel. And somebody said, Tony Bruno can do it. They did? I didn't see I'm not on that page. There's a South Philly. There's a South Philly born and raised page, which I'm on. Okay. That's pretty cool. But they don't take anybody. You have to really be South Oh, you, really oh, you got to have a 24 race. sticker in the back of your car? No, no, that's, that's close <laughs> enough, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they allowed me on before they allowed you on. They did? Yes. But you're not South Philly born and raised. You're a fraud. No. Throw her off of there. Get her out of there. Put oh, her in man. the bathroom. We can't look- be on South Philly born and raised if you're not South Philly born and raised. So I just want to give you got out a special dispensation because you're with me. I want to apologize. There are so many people logged on to Facebook Live, so I'm not going to be able to give love to everybody. But let me just say a couple of this. So Will C. Trimble, this is effing awesome. I've been listening to the Tony Bruno show for a long time. Um, right on, Tony and team. Glad to see you guys here. That's Alexis Krachunis. I can't I'm- see. Let me see your name. Krachunis. Does she have a picture? Um, yeah, but I'm not going to pull it up. No, right I know. I just want to see her name. Um, and Cro- then Cro- Cho- Mary Lynn Demitrovic Tarosky. I hope I'm not Dimitrovich. What's the matter with you, Robin? I'm sorry. Dimitrovich. Have you been to Mayfair or any of the What's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? Only sorry. proud Polish neighborhoods, I am man. Not, <laughs> I am not up on my Polish names. This is, uh, this is great to see you on here on Facebook. Um, then Steven Summerson. Tony Bruno used to carry Angelo back in the day on the morning show. Wow. Yeah, that's why I have a bad back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why we're putting a lidocaine on. Now, we're, we're, uh, Brian over there is trying to get our guest. We have a guest for tonight, Tony. Is he getting ready to come on now? Yes, we're getting ready. I'll be, I'll be uh, All right. I can hear him talking very so well. There's, there's another new system. We actually have... There's so many things, and it's, it's all... too many damn things. Too many damn things. We just try things on this show, and then if they work, they work. If they don't, they don't. Well, I'll say it, one thing. This yeah, like, show is like, a train wreck sometimes, <laughs> but not as much of a train wreck as the presidential election. Absolutely not. Right now. No way. That's a bigger train wreck than this show could ever be. Am I right? I oh, think absolutely. Everybody, everybody can agree to that. No, no doubt about it. Even, even the recorder. The recorder even was, was lagging today. I think we lost like the first 41 seconds of the show. Really? Yep. Oh, I had the, that was my best stuff. Damn. Nah. How did we miss the first 41 seconds? For some reason, man, it didn't clip on. Now Robin's going to be apoplectic tomorrow nah. trying to find 41 seconds of content. It's all right. We well, no, of- last week I was apoplectic. But that wasn't of- her fault, though. I mean, no, I know. It was your was, fault. Exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought it probably was. was, man. No, I thought it was Luigi's fault. It was actually the recorder's fault. It, it, I know it's never my to... fault. That's the best part. Absolutely of it. not. Nothing's ever your. You know fault. why none of this is my Look, fault? So we because have... I have nothing to do with it. That's why. So Joplin, I can't take Missouri. I you, Steve thank Krause, you, thank Joplin, you. Missouri, checking in. Lori Sheets from Sports Hell Atlanta. Sports Hell Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, she's checking. We're right in. here in Sports Hell Philadelphia. Man. Well, it's <laughs> not as bad as the Braves. I mean, the Braves are really as bad as everybody thought they would be. They are who we thought they yeah, were. Yeah, they were the supposed to be. Were they supposed to be this bad? But they are who we thought. We need to figure out where those little bling bling. And where's that from? coming? It's from. coming from the computer. I can't mute Facebook through this. I, I tried. Will fa- I will show you how. All right, whatever, man. What's going on here, Brian? We have our guest. Okay. Yeah, we have our guest, Tony. This I knew this guy when he was just a young punk kid. And I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. You weren't around then. No, Robin. I wasn't around. But later on, I remember that Tim Cates used to make fun of him, and I can't remember what he used it's to say. It's driving me nuts. Because of his first report from Dodger Stadium. Was that it? Yes, it was when he went to Dodger Stadium. He was behind the scenes guy when he started out, and then he went out and became a reporter. And he did his first report from Dodger Stadium, and then he we have the tape of it. We don't have it here, but in the in the, he says live from the Dodger Stadium. Instead of like Chavez Ravine or a Dodger, a Dodger Stadium, he called it the Dodger Stadium. Like people in L.A. call everything the. The 405. The 405, the, the, the 15, whatever, you know, the 101. But anyway, he is now part of the, well, he's been part of the Dodgers broadcast. He does the Dodgers. He used to do uncensored Dodger talk, but now they censor it because you can't do anything on radio anymore. He works for AM570, KLAC in Los Angeles. I knew him when he was a young punk kid. Now he's a grown punk kid. And he's covering the Dodgers. He's here in Philly with the Dodgers taking on the Phillies and beat them like rented mules on the Tuesday night game. And he is at live at Citizens Bank Park. Well, he will not get a one-and-a-half-minute standing ovation like Chase Utley did on Tuesday night. Here's <laughs> David Basset. What's going on, man? Uh, Tony, Miss Robin, I miss you guys. Uh, when, I'm a, when I'm away from my family on the road, Tony, I just think back to you and I sharing a hotel room in Indianapolis back in 2000. And, that's what gets me through the long nights on the road during the season. 
Now, but people have to understand why we were sharing a hotel room in, in, in Indianapolis <laughs> in 2000. Because radio is a very cheap business. They wouldn't afford, they wouldn't pay for a separate room for both of us. That's right. We were covering the NBA Finals with the Lakers, of course, the Lakers station. And so they sent us out to, to Indianapolis to the NBA Finals, and we were there at Indy. And the whole crew was there. Mike Thompson was there and all the whole gang. And it was a great Tom Looney. It was a lot of fun, man. That was, those were some fun days, Dave. Those were really good days. And I used to wake up to Tony doing Tampa Bay radio every morning in his uh, underwear in his bedroom. It was spectacular. Imagine now he does under other stuff in, in his underwear. Yeah, now I do uh, Robin in my underwear. <laughs> hey! I'm, well, no, I usually hey take them off if hey I'm going to do that. Uh, no, uh, no, Dave, it's great to see you. Now, so you're officially now, well, you have been, right, part of the Dodger postgame show, correct? Right. I host uh, the pregame show and the postgame show, and I go everywhere the Dodgers go. And I've done that. This is my fifth year now, traveling with the Dodgers on their plane. Staying, uh, everywhere they go, literally, I'm, I'm right there. And uh, luckily, uh, I've uh, been granted a lot of access to be around these guys. And it was uh, really special to be out here last night to see uh, the love that this Philly crowd gave Chase Utley. And for a guy, as you know, Tony, doesn't really like to show too much emotion that even he was visibly shaken by that ovation last night. Yeah, and that's the amazing thing. You know, what's funny today, and I was, because I don't really listen to a lot of sports media anymore, not because I don't like it. It's just, I get, you know, I watch the games, I draw my own conclusions, I do a podcast every week, so I don't feel compelled. I, I mean, I read the websites, I, I, I'm up to date on everything, but I noticed that Philadelphia, which often gets ripped nationally because of the fan base here and how nasty the fans are and how angry the fans are and how they hate everything that the national media was giving Philly fans love because they gave Chase Utley a minute and a half standing ovation before his first at bat, and then they gave him curtain calls when he hit a solo home run and then a grand slam, and so Philly finally getting positive uh, reports all over the country, yet now people in Philly today were questioning whether they were too nice to Chase Utley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tonight again in his first at bat, they gave him a standing ovation, although this time around he didn't want to stop the game to tip his cap to the crowd again tonight, but there was still a, a pretty good standing ovation for him, nothing the level of last night. And I was here last year with the Dodgers, too, when they gave Jimmy Rollins a really nice ovation where he had to step out of the box two separate times in his first at-bat. So, but it, was ne- it wasn't close to what they gave Utley last night. And for him to get two curtain calls after hitting two home runs, including a grand slam, is something that, Tony, you would know, I, I don't think has ever happened here in Philadelphia. Well, we, you know, we're, I think we, when I say we, I'm a Philly guy. But, I, you know, I've been to a lot of events. I've been to Charles Barkley's last game, Dr. J's last game. And when we have legendary athletes, and Chase Utley is certainly in that lexicon of all-time greats in this city's history. You look at his numbers just with the Phillies. Uh, he's one of the all-time greats. So whether or not, you know, his skills, his skills diminish, but he's not shot. I mean, Jimmy Rollins, people were questioning whether or not he was near the end. And unfortunately... We saw this year that the Dodgers let him go, and then the White Sox let him go, and now he's pretty much out of baseball. But, but Chase Utley is still a productive player, and he's still very good. So while the fans wanted to get rid of these players last year because you have to move on and you have to bring in younger talent to try to rebuild after you win a championship, you want to hang on to those guys. But I think the fans here love uh, – the same thing is going to happen to Ryan Howard. You know, people want Ryan Howard gone because of the money he makes, and he's no longer the player he was. But I guarantee you, when Ryan Howard returns, not with another team, but when he comes back here and they put him in the wall of fame, he's going to get unbelievable love for all that he did for the fan base in this franchise. Yeah, you know what's funny about that when you talk about production with Chase Utley, Tony? Since June 1st, Utley's the Dodger leadoff hitter all season long, but since June 1st, he's only hitting 225 and coming into the game last night, his on-base percentage was only 288. So, He's not as productive as everybody thinks, and he's not taking as many pitches even like guys like Justin Turner, who's hitting third in the lineup. He's not even taking more pitches than those guys, but he just brings the intangibles to a clubhouse, to a team that every manager wants. And considering the Dodgers are very reliant on sabermetrics and analytics, it's it's surprising that they continue to let him lead off against right-handed pitching despite the production being down, but I guess whatever else he brings means that much more equal to uh, the numbers that are not there for him since June 1st. David Vasse covering the Dodgers here in Philly with the uh, Phillies and the Dodgers playing. And, of course, 
The Dodgers got into first place with that win on Tuesday night, the 15-5 win as the Giants lost. And now for the first time since May, going and coming into play tonight, the Dodgers are in first place in the National League West. So it's amazing that a guy like Yasel Puig, who was one of the best players in baseball a couple of years ago, is now gone from this team, and they're playing better baseball without him. The reason why, Tony, is because he was the guy that was giving away a lot of at-bats, and that's not the culture the Dodgers want to breed. And really, the players in that clubhouse are not that type of player. They want they. One thing Howie Kendrick told me a couple of days ago was that in the clubhouse now, as the season has evolved, you look to your left, you look to your right, and you know that guy's going to have your back. You know that guy's going to pick you up if you make a mistake or you don't get on base. And I don't think Yasiel Puig ever fit that mentality because he was all really about himself and wasn't grinding out at-bats like the Dodgers have been since uh, the middle of July and really even more so since Clayton Kershaw went on the DL. So he really didn't fit the mold of what the Dodgers are trying to do. Now, he's tearing it up in AAA, but he never showed he can make those adjustments at the big league level the last two years. You know, it's amazing because I remember his rookie year as well as you do, and a couple of years ago, he was the talk of baseball. Teams were like, oh, we need to find more Cuban, you know, Cuban defectors and, and players of that ilk. The, you know, the Cespedes and the, and, and the guys like Puig were the guys everybody wanted. They came out, they had unbelievable skills. They could do everything. And then it, would, it, almost, it was almost record time. They went from toast of the town to just toast. And people, because the fans turned on him too. Because I remember the second year is when he started having problems with Don Mattingly, the manager at the time. And people were questioning his work ethic and questioning his hustle. So it really didn't take long. He didn't really stay as the, wow, this guy's the future of this franchise very long, did he? He's kind of a shooting star, really, Tony. What he did for the Dodgers that second half of 2013 and the first half of 2014 when he made the All-Star team. But since then, something's happened where he's a very average player. You look at his numbers, he's a 250 hitter since uh, June of 2014. He's only hit 22 home runs in that period of time with the Dodgers. And sometimes, uh, you know, the, the production has got to match up with some of the, the drama and the high maintenance part of a player. And I think the Dodgers felt going into the season, they gave him a clean slate with a new manager, a new coaching staff, and really expected him to be better. And they gave him one last chance. I really felt coming into the season it was a crossroads of whether or not he would continue to be a Dodger or play in another uniform. And production-wise, he has never really hit his stride and has not been the right-handed power impact bat the Dodgers desperately needed. And they just, at, at a certain point, had to make a change there. And I know everybody thinks it's just all about off the field, but it, it's about on the field. And if you're not going to be listening to the coaches to try to help you to improve on the field and you continue to do things your, your way and they don't work, it's not going to last very long with the ball club. And I think that's why it was one of the bigger reasons the Dodgers sent him down to the minor leagues and they made no secret about it. They tried to trade him before the August 1st non-waiver trade deadline. So I expect they're trying to trade him in the August waiver trade deadline before September 1st. Yeah. Cause that's the next question. You know, the Dodgers are doing well. I mean, this is a team with the new manager, Dave Roberts, obviously is doing a good job. The team from afar, it looks like they believe in him. As you mentioned, guys seem to have each other's back. Because living in L.A. for 11 years, I know how much they love drama out there. The Lakers with the Kobe and Shaq era. And everything that happens in the Dodgers with the ownership group and the wife and the divorce thing. And everything's about soap operas. And for the first time in a long time, the Dodgers aren't a soap opera this year. So the question is, with Puig and the minors, if they can't move him, do they have to bring him up September 1st? Or does that mess up the chemistry of a team that's in a really great pennant race right now? I think it, it completely messes up the chemistry of the team, Tony. And I don't think you're going to see Yasiel Pui called up when the rosters expand if he's still in the organization. Uh, if he continues to swing the bat like he has in AAA, it's going to be a lot more drama, like you said, because there are still fans divided in Los Angeles, 50-50 pretty much, on whether or not they believe Yasiel Puig should still be playing right field for the Dodgers. So uh, not everybody in L.A. has turned their backs on Puig. So it's going to be interesting when September 1st comes around and if he's still in this organization and he's not playing for the Dodgers, especially 
if Josh Reddick continues to struggle because he hasn't really put up the numbers that a lot of the Dodgers believed he would. And he's been robbed of a lot of base hits, but uh, I think at some point he's got to start producing and putting some hits together here or a little bit more drama as we get closer to that September 1st uh, uh, time that rosters expand. We're talking with David Vesey. One of the other things, back to Chase Utley for a second. Obviously, he's an L.A. guy. He's a Southern California guy. Went to UCLA. I always joke around about you know, how great of a player he was, and, and you look at the great players in the history of that team. So does that automatically give him love, the fact that he won a World Series with the Phillies and the fact that he's a pretty cool, laid-back, California kind of guy, even though, as you mentioned, his production isn't great? Do the fans love him out there as much as the Philly fans love him here, do you think? No, I, I don't think the fans uh, fully appreciate what, what he can do because he's not, he's not at the same level as he was with the Phillies. I'll tell you who does appreciate it, Tony, is every player in that Dodger clubhouse. From the moment he walked into that clubhouse last year, I believe the Dodgers were in Houston. He was back to his pregame routine, lifting weights, getting those knees stronger. And even Clayton Kershaw told me earlier this year, if he has a son – he would tell his son to watch Chase Utley tape because that's the right way to play baseball. So he has the respect of every guy in that clubhouse. And, you know, every guy that I come across, Tony, not only here in Philly, but in Los Angeles, it seems like they have a man crush on Utley. And I told him this. It seems like he's the hot-looking girl in high school that everybody is screaming to get their attention, but he's oblivious to. And, you know, he laughed. He said, I don't look at it that way. But really, that's how it is from the writers to the broadcasters to even his teammates, they're just screaming for him to, to acknowledge them and to be around him and to try to get some knowledge of, of uh, what he's done and what he knows and help them be better. And the one guy that he has really taken under his wing is Corey Seager. And Corey says everything that he's uh, taught him from the little things, little intricacies uh, of where to position himself and how to handle himself has really been in. I had nothing. Dave, you still there? I'm still here, Tony. Okay, I thought we lost. No. Last thing about, uh, about the Dodgers and the Phillies, and I mentioned the pennant race, and this is a damn good race. I mean, other than the American League East, where you've got three teams there battling for the top, you've got the Dodgers and the Giants. They have three series left between each other, right, between now and the end of the year. I know you cover the yeah. Dodgers and you work with the Dodgers. Who's the team to beat? The Giants, you know, it's an even year, so everybody's talking about this is their year to win. But the Dodgers are hanging in there. Do the Dodgers have enough to overtake them? It looks like they'll both probably make the playoffs. Who's going to win this division? Tony, no, I think the Dodgers are the way they're playing right now and because they have so much depth. And the fact that they're going to hopefully get back two major parts of their rotation in September. Rich Hill, who they acquired with Josh Reddick, is having a phenomenal season before he had this blister. And Clayton Kershaw seems to be very confident that he'll be able to pitch in September at some point. So I think that puts the Dodgers over the top. The Giants lost again tonight, and they just seem to be everything going against them. They're 9-21 and since the All-Star break. Their bullpen is in disarray. Uh, their starting rotation has not been as good as it was the first half of the season. So I think the Dodgers don't look back from here on out and relinquish first place and I think the Giants uh, have some major concerns on whether or not they're even going to be the wild card team because the Pirates have gotten hot here and they're playing really well and Andrew McCutcheon is starting to get hot and you got the Marlins even though they lost Giancarlo Stanton if they could weather that storm they're they're right in there along with the St. Louis Cardinals so all three of those teams are playing better than the Giants are right now David Vassay he's got he's a primetime guy man I'm glad to say I've known you for a long time, man, when you were just... How old were you in 2000 when we were hanging out in Indy? Jeez, Tony, I was barely 21. <laughs> <laughs> now you're married, you have a kid. You have just one, right? I know, I know, I know. But it's so great to hear you guys' voice, and uh, I, love, I love everything about Tony Bruno. He's one of the best people out there, and to be around you guys for a couple of years when you and Miss Robin were in L.A. It was really great. It was you guys so have such much a great fun. vibe around you. I love Tony Bruno, the best. <laughs>
So no, Thanks, David, Dan, I, 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 I know that Tony Tant can't take credit for your career. Because I don't take credit for anybody's career, no, including no, no. my own. <laughs> because, because you definitely, you, you were already in the business and you, and you definitely got to where you are because of your hard work. But is it fair to say that you learned the ropes from Tony Bruno? <laughs> the ropes? Yes, I learned a lot from Tony. I, I definitely learned a lot from Tony. And even though he's not taking credit taking credit. <laughs> Tony, you still there? Yes. What, 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 what? <laughs> it was so weird. You cut in and out for a second. I think you, you, you Tony, have a Jake Tony, laser phone. I, I'm, even though you're not taking credit for my career, I'm taking credit for yours. Absolutely. You should. Somebody did. I, I had to learn in L.A. too. I mean, I had... Remember, I moved to L.A. in 2000 by myself, so I didn't know anybody out there other than a couple of people, you know, who were friends like Mike Thompson and a lot of the folks that I know. But as far as the local media people that I got to meet and got to be around and work with a lot of great people over the 11 years I was in L.A., it was a lot of fun, man. We, we had a lot of great times. We saw a lot of great championship moments. And, and one thing you have to say about me, Dave, even though I was there amongst the Lakers' greatness, I was never a Laker fan I was always true to my Sixers, but I didn't disrespect the Lakers. I just didn't become one of those. I moved to L.A. when the Lakers were the best team in basketball. Therefore, I had to be a Laker fan. And it happens to a lot of people. You get caught up in, you know, when you're around a great team. You're like the Miami Heat fan. When, when LeBron went there, everybody was a Miami Heat fan. But anyway... It was a lot of fun, man, and I miss no, you No, you were still a Theo Ratliff fan, Tony, when you were in L.A. You were still a big Theo Ratliff and Eric Snow fan. You never turned your back on those exactly guys. Exactly right. I remember, like, yesterday. Rodney being, Buford, yo. Exactly. Being on the floor at Staples Center the night the Sixers won game one of the NBA Finals in 2001 and being on the floor and watching all the Laker fans go crazy, wondering how the Sixers won a game. And obviously they didn't win after that, but that was a lot of fun, too, to watch Allen Iverson go against that Laker team with not much help around him and still be able to go to the finals against the Lakers. You were true to your Philly roots, man. True to your Philly roots. All right, Dave, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, I hope. And we're gonna, we got to get out to L.A. soon. i got to get out and catch up with all my friends. Yeah, you're our Chase Utley in the radio business, Tony. You're a Philly guy, but L.A. loves you. We adopted you. Well, thanks, man. David Vassay, ladies. let's give him a roaring round of applause there, Luigi. David Vassay, thanks, Dave. We'll see you soon. Man. How great is David Vassay? I love him. Yeah, but you turn into a Warriors fan. You didn't turn into a Ladies fan. You turned into a Warriors fan while you were out there. No, 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 no. Tony has a legit reason for being a Warriors they fan. They were the Philadelphia Warriors. The Lakers were not the Philadelphia Lakers. No, that... I didn't turn into... I was a, I've been a Warrior fan my entire life since Wilt Chamberlain played for them, okay? So I didn't turn into a Warriors fan when they got good. I was All following right. the Warriors when they sucked. Like somebody... I was in California. By the way, in the 11 years I was in L.A., you know how good the Warriors were? How many years they had good years? Not many. Two or three. <gasps> two like, or three. Like, for example, the L.A. Rams... Were the L.A. Rams a long time ago? Okay, and was Tony were, walking around with Jim Everett jersey on? But what no, I'm saying I was is, not, I didn't become what a I'm fan saying of the local is, teams. Is like that somebody there. that was an L.A. Rams fan just because they went to St. Louis? Does that mean that they stopped being an L.A. Rams fan and now they're back? So like, like, how can you? You're sticking up for him because you sleep in the same bed. No, no. I okay, do not. that's why. No, okay? you know me. I never stick up for him if I have I a do different know belief. You, but what I'm trying to say is though is that. The the Warriors. Wait, you're telling me you you are a Warriors a fan just because totally a, a Philadelphia reason. Warrior fan. Yes, and you followed them because they left. They're my West Coast team. I like I didn't root for the Lakers, and I lived so, in L.A. And the Lakers were the best team in basketball. Yeah, for but a when, nice stretch. But were they when, not? But when, but when the Cleveland Browns up and left in the middle of the night and became the Baltimore Ravens, no one in Cleveland liked the Baltimore Ravens. No, you're right. But the, but the Warriors moved 50 years ago. It's not like they just moved. I'm just last saying, year. man. It's, I don't know. There are still people in Los the, the, the Raiders, the, uh, the, the Rams left 22 years ago, moved and left L.A. and moved to St. Louis. Man, people are probably going to wish they leave again soon. Well, uh, we'll wait, we'll see a couple games. But the point is, there are still people in L.A. who miss the Rams who are Rams fans because they don't have any pro football. They, they had two teams my and dad, then they had none. My dad used to root for the L.A. Rams. And um, when I knew nothing of football and the coolest thing about football were the helmets, I always thought that the L.A. Rams had the very coolest helmets ever because of they had that the little the Ram very ones. coolest helmets. Well, that's how I said it when I was like five years old when back in the day. I, but you're missing my point about being a fan. In it. When you move to another city, right. like, for example, here in Philly, there are people that move in, like TV and radio, who go from, come from other cities, right? And they're here. If they're here during the Phillies run, when the Phillies were good, 
Do they have to become a Phillies fan if they're from another city that has and they follow a team? No, they can be on the air and say, hey, this team's really good. But my point is, a lot of people who move to Los Angeles, a lot of people in the media, a lot of celebrities are from all over the country. They move to L.A., they work in L.A., whether they're actors, radio people, TV stars, whatever. All transplants, man. They're all transplants. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So what do they do? They become front runners. And it's easy when you go to a city where their team is the best team. It's like people in Miami. You know, a lot of Miami's a lot of transplants. When LeBron James went to Miami, there were people in Philadelphia who became Miami Heat fans because of LeBron James, right? right. So does that mean they're front runners? Yes, they're front runners. So I'm a Warriors fan. I've always been a Warrior fan when they're good or bad. The problem that I have with fans who jump on bandwagons when they're not from the city that they follow is that they only do it when the team's good. It's easy to be a Warriors fan now. It's easy to be, you know, a, a, a Laker fan when Kobe and Shaq were there. But I didn't become a fan. I was appreciative of how great they were, but I didn't become a rah-rah, go Lakers guy and buy Laker gear. That's what I'm saying. So you're telling me that you were a Warriors fan even before you went out there? Absolutely. But I know I was a, I'm always a Sixer fan first. Uh, no, I get that. No, I get And it's fine. And, and, and when the Warriors had that run with the, when they had the, the three guys, uh, TM, run TMC. Yeah, Tim Hardaway. Right. Had, um, uh, Chris Mullen. Right. And, um, and who was the third guy? Well, it wasn't Spree. No, Spreewell wasn't on that team. It Remember, wasn't Chris that, that was, but they Chris were Weber, good. No, Chris yes. Weber. Weber was only there he for like... He was not part of run TMC. No, no. But anyway, that, that was a good team. They were good for a couple of years. When they, got, uh, when they drafted Steph Curry, they had Monte Ellis and Steph Curry. Right. And there was a big debate over who was more important, Monte Ellis or Steph Curry. So they weren't great teams, but I followed them. And I followed them when they were bad. And they were bad more than they were good for the longest period of time. Point is, you can move to a city and be a part of a great team and become a fan. Or, uh, you can be media people and be front runners, Or you can be true to who you are. And when I moved to L.A., and that's why all the people in L.A. that I know and work with respect me, because I didn't hate the Lakers. People call me a Laker hater because I didn't root for them openly. See, I thought maybe you might have just picked the Warriors as opposed to being a Lakers fan or being a Sacramento no. Kings fan or a Clippers fan because there's four damn teams out there to vote but for. I don't, when, I, well. when I live somewhere, I don't have to become a fan of the city where I live. No, but you should follow one. Like when I moved to Birmingham when I was young, I, was an, I didn't become an Alabama fan, even though Bear Bryant was there. My son was born in Birmingham. But I liked Alabama football. I got to experience Saturday mornings in Birmingham, which, Roll is, tie, man. which is unlike any other place. I mean, a lot of people grow up in big cities that don't have college football fever like they do in the Southeastern Conference right. and at Penn State, at the big schools where that's all they really have. You know, when you go into State College where there's nothing there, you're a Penn State fan. You feel college football on Saturday mornings. When you live in Birmingham, Alabama, you feel college football. It's like here where you feel pro football in cities like Philly and New York where college sports are really secondary as far as football, at least. College football is secondary in Philly. I mean, it's not even – it's beyond secondary, right? Yeah, I, can always, I always understood how, like – I always understood how a place like Alabama, like college football would be number one because they don't have anything really pro down there. Right. But, like, how do you explain that in Texas? Where, I mean, where you had, you had the Cowboys. I mean, they're a pretty big deal. I mean – But college, high school football is so big But that's what I mean. Texas. Like, how can – I mean, that, they care more about high school football than they do pro football down there. They do. I, I, well, it's a I've, big state. There's spin, a lot of people. And I've like never a, really a quite understood. million dollar high school football yeah, stadium. I know. Yeah. I don't quite understand that. It's the same thing in Florida. Florida and California, Florida, and Texas have unbelievable high school football programs right? uh, because the weather's good and things of that nature. Joseph Martin uh, just checked in on Facebook and said that Mitch Richmond was the third. Mitch member. Richmond. That's I, right. I forgot Mitch Richmond. I know. That was a them. brain cramp. I, I remember those guys well. That was a fun era for the Warriors. Well, I remember Mitch Richmond as a Sacramento King. That's yep. why I don't remember him as a But they were run TMC. They were a good Warriors team. And then when uh, Steph Curry, remember, Steph Curry's been around. He's not some guy who just came onto the scene last year. No. Steph Curry's been around a few years, and he and, and Monte Ellis were the two guards, and everybody was thinking, Monte Ellis may be the future. No, it's Steph Curry. And that's how it works in fan bases anywhere you go. You know, you have a young player. He doesn't develop yet into the superstar that he is. And at first, you're wondering whether or not he's good or bad. And, and they knew Steph Curry was good. And they didn't think he was this good. And so that's what happens. I mean, Charles Barkley is questioning the makeup of the Olympic basketball team. Well, Barkley questions everything. Man. Yeah, but I, I, that's what he does, and that's why we love him. But they're going to win another gold medal. The reason why he questions the makeup is because they could have probably had a couple of other players and have been winning by 60 points, like when he was playing for the Dream Team. You know, is it wrong? Now, this, this is something funny, too. Like, I got to a point where I was watching, um, it was Team USA versus Australia with uh, you know, the, the Matthew Delvadova-driven right. Australia team. Patty Mills came up. Patty Mills was on that team. Um, a lot of white dudes. Yeah, a lot of it was, it was literally it was, it was all white, 
versus all brothers, the whole thing. And I sat well, there. Patty Mills isn't white, though. No, he's not white. He's mixed. He is mixed. But what, what my they point is, a couple of mixed my guys. point is this: is that I, I got to a point where I, I was I was out watching the game, and I started rooting for Australia because I wanted to see someone beat this USA team. Which is, no, see, I don't, I don't, I did that during the Dream Team era because I got tired of watching the seventy because I thought. And I love Charles, but when they when we sent but the Dream like the, Team... But this is like the, the, one of the laziest Dream Teams I've ever seen play. Because they, they just go out there and do what they have to do. But I don't want to watch players go out there and do what they have to do, Tony. I want to see guys go out there and play ball. You want to see them win by basketball? 50 every night? The rest no. of the world is You know what? If they can basketball. play, win by... If, if you can win by 50, win by 50. They did. They They're struggling. They need to lose. I think they should just get rid of pros altogether. I really do. I think they should go back to the college kids. What's happened since the 92 Dream Team, which we sent over there because the rest of the world was sending their pros and we were sending college right. kids and losing, is that we sent our best players. And our best players went over there and there was a cane Yeah, but walk. Tony, but now... That, that's, that's 25 years ago. Right, but Tony, but that was 25 years ago. Now... The rest of the world is playing basketball. What I'm saying, yeah, but the kids in college, though, these kids, these one and dunners, that, that didn't happen 25 years ago. These guys that are that are that can play now, they're they're going to college or playing for a year because they have to. Right. They're NBA ready to go. You mean anyway. you tell me you think if we sent if we sent over Ben Simmons, um, th they would struggle against these pros who are from a, a good, and it makes for better basketball. But people don't want better basketball. They want gold medals. They want gold medals. They don't want to see the U.S. challenged. They want to see us dominate and destroy the world. It's the scorched earth. Well, theory. get over it. I'm over. Get over because you know what I like to see? I like to see competitive games. And you're not going to because we keep sending the pros over. No, we are seeing competitive games, and people oh. don't like it now. They don't like beating Australia by 10. <laughs> they want to win by 50. I don't want to watch those games. Well, I don't want to watch the United States playing some third-world country with a team in there and winning by 60. How is that fun? Well, the Australia team has a lot no, of No, but pros, that's what man. I'm saying. People are complaining. And that's why Charles Barkley's complaining about the makeup of the team because he thinks that if you added a couple of other players, they would be having easy wins and not having to actually compete to win these games. To me, I like watching them compete, which means to me that the rest of the world, they're all pros too. Right. The guys that you're seeing on all these other teams, Spain, they're all playing in the NBA. Some of those guys are playing in those smoke-filled gyms in Turkey. But for the you most get a good part, run out there too, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> the best players run. are playing in the NBA. I get the ruck. I'm going to play the hookah, man. That's exactly what, right, man. Doing. Can you fire me one up right tonight, man? Can you pop one on for me? Yeah, I could do that. All right, man. You've been watching the Olympics? There's three major stories at the Olympics as we start winding down. Who are the three names that everybody will remember from this Olympic Games, Robin? Um, Simone Biles. Simone Biles, who won her third gold. Right. And that's her first Olympics, so she's going to be around she, for a while. And she is so much better than it everybody else. It would go with the, with, the, with the chick sport, gymnastics Well, first. but I mean, like, she's so <laughs> much better than everybody else, as is Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is a freaking, he's Aquaman, as far as I'm concerned. See, I agree, but here, Simone Biles is an up-and-comer. She's a new face. Yes. She's a great, she's unbelievable. This is her first Olympics. To me, what Michael Phelps and what Usain Bolt did are something we may never see again. And I've seen a lot in my lifetime. And we always say this, especially younger people. That's the greatest thing I ever saw because it is the greatest thing they ever saw. And it's not their fault because they weren't around 50 years ago. But there is something that those three have in common, I think, is that those three athletes are ahead of their time. Like, like normally, like if you look back 20 years ago to gymnastics or 20 years ago. No, we to, have, we've always had great gymnasts, Robin. No, but you look back at the video 20 years ago and you're like, okay, they were good for their time, but... They're not nearly doing what they are doing now on the floor. They are not, and it's the same thing with runners. What Usain, um, what Bolt Usain is, Bolt. yeah, Usain Bolt is doing. His time twenty years ago, people well, couldn't even fathom. The but they were still, they were still running. Yes, there's no, there's no. But I'm Third saying flip is added that it, on, on, you know, when you're doing the balance beam, they don't you, add things to those right. things. When running you, is running. It's the purest, it's this purest form yes. of sport. But what I'm saying is, is that when you, what they say is that each year or each each four years in the Olympics case, they there is a progression that the uh, human body is pushed to. Then why do the American men gymnasts suck? Why is it if there's a progression and we're getting better, why were our men, Olympic men, and I, I don't want to knock these kids. They, they work their asses off. Who knows? But why is it that we had, why is it that we had Kurt Thomas and all these guys? They were the best. Now our men aren't the best. I know. So I don't that, know theory why. Is, that theory is no, not accurate. No, there, there are some people that are pushing the envelope. 
Usain Bolt, obviously. He's not pushing any envelope. Yes. He's the best runner in the he's, history of the world. Exactly. Yes, but that's not even trying, by the way. He yeah. isn't. But that that's why I'm saying he steps. is he is ahead of his time. He So then so by by, by what you're jumped. saying that in 20 years from now, somebody will win more than three consecutive Olympic men's gold medals in the 100-meter No, what dash. I'm saying is that in three in, in 20 years from now, somebody is going to be running faster than what Usain Bolt can run know. at I now. I don't know. I don't know. That's yes, possible. I mean, is it possible? Well, here's the thing, though, too, is that like what you're saying is like, you know, he's, he's ahead of his time, right? He is. I don't okay, think that's he's ahead of his time. I think he is. He's... He's not even trying. I know, These other that, guys are what you are, no, you are Listen, making my Tony, point. Really? He's not he's not he's trying? Yes. These other no. people are training year round as hard as they possibly can. Usain Bolt is pulling up. He's putting in neutral with 200 meters yeah. to go, Tony. He only, he's not even trying. In, in the 100 a, in meter the 100 dash, meter. he's trying. No. He tried for about 70 meters, and then he pulled up the rest of the way. You see that picture? He no. took, turned around, smiling, put his finger up. In the in the 100 meters, he did not have a good He was He was start. behind. He was behind, and he For the half still, the race, and then he turned it into another gear. Yeah. Because, and it's effortless. Because it, it was, say it's effortless He wasn't for him. even breathing heavy, whereas everybody else was dying by the time that they were dying. But you're missing the point. The point is... No, you're making my point. I'm me. making the point is that Usain, Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps are transcendent. Yes. There, there's going to be great runners. There's going to be better runners. Isn't he making I, my point? No, yeah. but you're saying Simone Biles, she's not in their league yet. She's not in no, Usain no. Bolt's league. No, because no. she's because, not in Michael Phelps' no, league. Bolt and Phelps may, may be the two most, literally, the most two dominant athletes ever. 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 In ever. any sport. You can say all you want about Wayne Gretzky dominating hockey. There was always people that could kind of hang with Gretzky. No one's hanging with Phelps. No. No one's hanging with Bolt. Okay. Nobody. Yes. But what I'm saying with Biles is that she is doing things that other gymnasts haven't yet but she of course, is more and next powerful. year someone will do it the Japanese kid who does the yeah, 52 flips and twists in like, the air. But isn't that also part of like the routine? That she's like she's working on she's doing tricks as like as, as a routine but like as Tony's saying like as far you as pure sports to try to he's get, just running. remember it's a judge sport yes. here's the difference between gymnastics and and running and swimming right it's they're judge. not judge sports you're not crossing a finish line so I when, do when agree you with do that. A, when you do a triple spin in the air and then you add a twist if you don't stick it you're gonna lose right yes you're gonna well, you, well, you could be the best ever and if you don't and stick if you that fall, landing you're done some schmuck judge from Lithuania <laughs> is gonna deduct yeah. points and you're gonna I lose do agree with you that. do see All that right? because you see like the, the girls um you know the the, the girls that, go, that do like the uh, what is it the, the pommel horse is that what it's called yeah the pommel horse. yes yeah. they go up they go up there and they'll do uh, some elaborate like um, dismount and they're in the air and they're doing like three flips and then their their right leg just slips out a little bit now and then they and they try to stick it and they do get it I'm like 10. And the judge no. is like 3.3. I'm like, 3.3? That's just still standing. That's, that's what makes that a difficult sport. I actually but don't But Robin's care. wrong about Simone Biles. You cannot put Simone Biles <laughs> in the Michael Phelps. <laughs> and, and People Mike, are saying Joey Chestnut's a top athlete. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Joey Chestnut is transcendent. He's transcendent. He's, tra he's not translucent. No, though. he's not. But he's not 100. He's a, he's a little guy. He's not huge either. All these great Joey competitive Chet. eaters are skinny. Kobayashi. Kobayashi's right? a skinny <laughs> dude. Everybody thinks that you have to be fat to be a competitive eater. That's not true. But anyway, the Olympics have been great. A lot of it people won't remember. I do but like people will not No one will ever forget Michael Phelps. Well, anyone who's No one will ever forget Usain Bolt. I mean, uh, you know, Simone Biles, I hope she wins 100 medals. I'm not saying she's not going to be great. She's got a long way I'm to saying go. right now, she's great right now. Yes. She's great right she's, now, and she's the best women's gymnast. She has, she's the best she women's gymnast in the world. She has pushed the envelope, just like everybody. Now, you know, and they I'm have not, to push the envelope, yeah. Robin. There's not many different ways you can go jump on a pommel horse. But I, would you, if you would let me finish, I was actually going to agree with you in that I prefer the timed uh Events, events, much more so. Of course, than, because, because it's figure skating, it's definitive gymnastics. You got some idiot sitting right. there and determining who knows, whether or not you're going to win a gold medal. And I don't like by that. a tenth of a point. Right, it's all about your it's all about your routine, and, and the who tricks know, you and do. And the judge and, could, you know, like oh, and how perfect you are. But like, but see, the thing with running and swimming is, and the judge it, could hate. The name, yeah. I mean, like, like they always have. The, there is, there is absolutely no way that a judge can be impartial, even if no. they say that they are impartial. To me, it's a rigged election, like the is, Democratic yes, nomination. To me, yeah. to me, that there is a, when you when you judge based upon opinion, 
These you people don't judge, but for the most no, part, Robert. but but there there's always yes. there is always going to be something that they bring because maybe one judge likes it when somebody has a little bit more power coming off of the pummel, or when they that they put more importance. So on it's more of a they, taste thing, you know. It, it, you never know exactly what one judge really puts more importance on than another. Whereas with a timed competition. There is no doubt. Exactly. It is right. just, Michael Phelps touches the yeah. wall. Yeah. I, don't no care how, I don't care how you run. As long as you run faster, you're going to exactly. win. It doesn't matter. That's why, That's why. to me, running is the absolute. I mean, it's the first. After walking, it is the absolute. And remember, Usain Bolt ran with no shoes on in Jamaica. Uh, Jerry so, Creswell checks in, by the way, and says, just point of information, women don't compete in the pommel horse. Which the is men do. The men do. Sorry about that. Sorry. That's how little gymnastics I watch. What is it called? What is it called that they, they, they jump the, the, the thing? The balance beam. No, the thing that they... they the, the vault. The, the it's pole. the vault. It's the vault. The they vault. vault. Yeah, where they... They run and they, then they run. jump oh, and they, oh, use, okay, and they okay. use the pommel horse as a, as a prop. No, there's two different. The pommel horse, what he is talking about, is, is the one that had the ring. Yes, and then exactly. Around. Yeah, no. The, I, don't the really, I don't know. I don't really watch this. I, I was watching it the other night a little bit. And I don't hate gymnastics, but it's it's why the Olympics get decent ratings because chicks like Robin will watch gym. That's why they put gymnastics on at night. And, and guys like me watch gymnastics. And you, and that's why. And you watch the arena and it's half empty. Yep. So it's not like other sports. You know, in Rio, there's a couple of, uh, there were a couple of Brazilians in the men's competition, but the place is half empty. And these are little places. So it's great for television, and it's great for women who like to watch that stuff. But gymnastics, the, the thing about gymnastics, the thing about swimming, and the difference between swimming, gymnastics, and running, running. is that the runners actually have another career. I mean, you can go out and make money sure. in meets and stuff. These oh, guys get paid big money Oh, they can care less about their, their big thing is the Worlds. Oh, the absolutely. World Championships is where they Not go. Not just that, but they go around and they get paid appearance fees sure. just to show up and compete. So while a lot of sports like swimming, Michael Phelps, he's in the, he's back at home in the pool with his three-month-old son and wife today. Getting his Michael Phelps on. Getting his Michael Phelps on. Can you give me a little Michael Phelps tonight? I, I could, but I got rid of it, man. I'm sorry. You got rid of it? I got rid of the Michael Phelps. Why? I had to make room for other stuff, man. Come on, man. Michael Phelps is, a, is, a, is one of those evergreens. You can get your Michael, especially during the Olympics, aren't even over yet. Now, did you see, uh, speaking of running. It's an outrage. <laughs> How do you, you get rid of Michael Phelps before the damn Olympic game? Runner that qualified for the finals by diving over the finish line. A woman? No, I don't think it was a woman. It was a guy. Nah, we're t- spending way too much time on the Olympics. Yeah, in fact, you know what, Tony? It's okay. break time, actually. Is it really? Yep. How? I'm Olympic'd out. Wow, that hour just flew by. Yeah, we're gonna, we just got done with hour number one. Hour number two, we're going to do Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. Okay, we got a couple people going to call? Yes, we have about uh, six people I can choose from. We're going to pick maybe, we'll see, how, we'll see how the phone calls go. And Robin's going to do a Florida update, right? Yes, uh, or some uh, some kind of update. Some kind of update. Um, and I'm trying to determine whether I'm going to restart the stream or just leave it. Don't cross it. Whatever. You know no, what? we don't cross, don't cross it. the stream. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it's going really well right now, I'm not going to touch it. You can swim in our stream though. At least it's clean. Not like it's clean in Rio. Like Rio, yeah. Did you, yeah, well, there's another update regarding that. I mean, I'm sure that everybody's heard about it by right now. But what there's happened? like a, a freaking leg. A, a, a body part? A body part. A leg with a big old tattoo was found just before the uh, sailing competition was supposed to go by. And some local fished it out of the water. And they say, oh, yeah, well, this happens every now and then. What the tattoo say? <laughs> well, they're hoping that they can identify the person based upon the, t- the tattoo. But, yeah. It was fished out of the water. Oh, you know, South America, man. You, you mess around with people. They chop you up. They yeah, don't, they exactly. don't play Apparently, Apparently, they chop you up. That's one of the reasons why people say that it's good to have a tattoo because you can be identified afterwards. Yeah. Well, that does, that's that that's my you, leg right there. Yeah, that that's does, my leg. Yeah, I don't think you could be a... I don't think the guy who was chopped up and dumped into the river uh, cares about it being identified But his point. family members might. Exactly. Ma'am, I don't know. That's assuming things, Robin. How know. do you know? I don't yeah. know. How do you know? If you, find cares? A, if you find a leg with barbed wire on one side of it and I heart mom on the other side of it, that's, that's mine. You know, bring that back to me at any time. <laughs> still, have, we'll have an update on Luigi's bet that's still hanging in the balance. A major sports bet, and we'll find out who he drafted in his fantasy draft. No, 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 that's not until September third. Okay, well, we're not going to do it even then. <laughs> uh, I was just kidding. I just wanted to see if I could get your attention by mentioning your fantasy draft. I, I, I have, I have attention, Tony. I thought you did the fantasy draft. No, right? September 3rd, man. You don't draft two weeks in the preseason. Why not? Because now you're doing mock drafts. You're getting ready for the real draft, Tony. Oh, you do mock fantasy yes, drafts? Yes, Tony. No, I usually mock fantasy yes, drafts. Yes, that's, that's what, what you what do. do. <laughs> yes, I mock them. But hey, different strokes. 
for different as folks. They, as someone once said, I believe, who was it on Different Strokes, Robin? Um, um, oh, what's his name? Yeah, what's his name? Different Strokes. Come on, Luigi. I, I know. The little guy. Emmanuel uh, Stewart. No, no, that no, was, no, that uh, was that was that the other guy. The he other was, guy he from was in the Webster. Giants player in Webster. He was, he was in Webster. Bruce, Brewster, Webster. 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 Yeah, Brewster. Brewster. That was Brewster's Millions, man. That's Brewster. a good movie, right? Yes. <laughs> no, what was Different Strokes? It was a uh, gosh. Why can't I think of his name? About Willis? Yeah. It's Gary Coleman, man. Gary Come Coleman. on. Exactly. There you go. You got your young, short, black guys confused, Robin. No, you did. <laughs> no, I didn't say Willis. I didn't say. Uh, yes, you did. I know. I threw Emmanuel Lewis Stewart's name out. Not Emmanuel Stewart. He's the boxing guy. Anyway, I need a break. I need to go to the bathroom. I need more wine. It's a Tony Bruno Show Live. We're going to take some calls in the next hour. Those of you on Facebook Live, just hang in there. We'll be back in like five minutes. You'll be able to watch just people like going to the bathroom and stuff? Um, no, the video will not. I'm going to mute everybody, but I'm, the video isn't going and to be I'm not going to take the webcam up to the, the bathroom with you. You have to pay. That's a separate channel. That's a red channel. That's on our red tube feed, <laughs> which is live also right now. <laughs> We're coming right back. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. The Home Depot Days of Doing Bath and Kitchen event is going on now. With everything you need to let the savings flow. Like the Moen Genta 4-inch faucet in brush nickel finish for just 99 bucks. It combines a contemporary modern design with a spot-resistant finish for a beautifully clean look in your bathroom. Today is the day for doing and stylish updates at the Home Depot Days of Doing Bath and Kitchen event going on now. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. Offer valid through October 5th while supplies last. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 